I think when we hit a new year, it's a chance for a fresh start, uh, you know, and that's why we make these resolutions and we set these goals because there's something about our calendar that's just, man, let's just start over. Let's start fresh. You might feel this way in August, September when maybe a new school semester starts or something. It's this chance for a new start. So to kick off our 2018 together, um, we, uh, we're starting a brand new series called That's Gonna Leave a Mark. And the idea is that we want this year to be a year that really not only leaves a mark in our city, our goal as a church is to shine light in dark places and just to make this place a better place than it was when we found it, but that we have some mark left on our life by what God can do in us when we set time aside for him and worship him and let him come in and interact with who we are. Um, and so I think when we, when we start a new year, our, our goal is this, like the, the resolutions thing, the goal, whatever the resolution is, I want to do better this year than I do last year, right? Is that the basic like, premise of a resolution? What I believe, beyond a shadow of a doubt, is that the number one and best way and perhaps the only way to truly make this year better than the previous year is to make Jesus part of it more and more. Like I, I, no matter where you are in your faith journey, you might be here as a, a friend of someone or you just stumbled in because you really thought we were showing Star Wars and you're just super confused right now. Um, you're like, I thought that was just the previews. I don't even know what's going on. Um, but no, seriously, like you, you, you come to this place, no matter where you are in your faith, I want you to know that as a church family, our goal is just to walk alongside each other and that you don't have to check your baggage at the door or your brains at the door. You come in just like you are and we say, how can we move from here? And how can we make uh, this life better than it has been? And so as we step into this new year, uh, I think that our goal to be uh, better this year than we were last year is attainable, but I'm not positive that we're all ready for it. In fact, I know in many ways I'm not, daily. I have to wake up and check myself on that. So that's what this teaching series is going to be all about, and as we kick off today, uh, we'll find ourselves landing on something that I hope could be something that you want to write down and keep for the rest of the year. A few weeks ago was Christmas, and I got a gift from my family, something I've wanted for a really long time. I think a lot of you in the room, especially some of the guys in the room, will, will really celebrate for me. I got this year one of those big toolbox chests with the drawers in it. You know what I mean? Like, I go to Lowe's and Home Depot, and I see those things, I'm like, one day, one day. You know, it's like the same way you walk by the, the, the car lot, and you see that car, you're like, I want, because one of my biggest hobbies is I get this little shed, and I like to go out there and build and tinker and fix stuff. Sometimes I'll break stuff just to fix it because I'm just like, this is fun. And I got a lot of tools in it, and I love the idea because it's cool to have it all organized and all this. Um, it's so, uh, it's not much of a shed. In fact, it's, it's a dinky little shed. If you stand on the inside or on the outside, you're kind of like, oh man, this thing might fall down. I don't sure you want to go in there. You stand on the inside, you can see like gaps in between some of the walls, but you know what? It's my dinky little shed, okay? I like it. I like going out in this place and working it, but I get this toolbox for Christmas and I see it and I immediately know something. It's not going to fit in there. Like, I don't know where we're going to put this toolbox. I talked about keeping it in the kitchen. My wife kind of vetoed that. So the second gift that my family gave me for Christmas was they allowed me to spend like half a day out in my shed, like tearing things up and cutting out shelves and cutting this one counter in half and moving junk. It's also our storage area because I don't get my own space. I get to share it with the Christmas tree. And, um, and, and, I, and I made this space and I put the toolbox in. And now here's the thing. I, I'll, I'll tell you this. I spent a lot of time planning where this thing was going to go. And I spent a lot of time cutting and building and because I literally had to like cut stuff in half to make this thing fit. But when I stepped back, it was awesome. Unfortunately, it's been like 20 degrees and I haven't even been able to like open the drawer to see how things are going in there. Um, no, that's not true. I actually have gone out there and been like, y'all good? Okay. Um, I tell that story not because it's a great story because it's really not a great story. Um, I tell that story though but to set us up with a point though. I think that 
there's a gift that God wants to give us. And I think there's many, many, many gifts, but like the, just package it in one big box right now, the gift that God wants to give you. A new creation, a fresh start, forgiveness of sins from our past, and purpose, like all that in one box. I think he wants to give us this, but here's the problem. We get this huge gift, and I think, honestly, our lives are so full sometimes that we just don't have room for it. And so we hit 2018, and here's the thing. Like, I could stand up here and do some, you know, song and dance and pony show thing where we, we just pretend like things are fine and everything's good, and, and we just keep on moving forward. Or I could stand before us on our first Sunday together of the year and say, guys, let's really do this. You know what I mean? Like, let's really do this. Let's really grow spiritually this year. Let's really be the church in our city who is going to be able to shine light in dark places We've caught ourselves on advertisement and Facebook and stuff. We are church for people who don't like church. What does that mean? I hope it means that there are people in this city who have turned their backs on church or maybe they haven't even wanted to give it a try or they've had bad experiences and there have been walls built between them and God for whatever reason. I hope that that means that we as a family can be the people who can tear down those walls for them and say, look, it's not what you think it is. It's actually so much better. It's a beautiful thing and let's do this together. So, that's what I hope we can do. And what I think we can get to this morning is to learn what it means to go in and carve out the space that it takes so that we can fit the gifts of God's not only in our lives, but invite other people in on that. Y'all down with that? Can we do that? Anybody? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so here we go. Um, we're starting this new teaching series, and it's called That's Gonna Leave a Mark. And and the whole goal of this series is to look at the different marks that Jesus has left on this world. And so we're going to be actually looking at the book of Mark in the New Testament of the Bible. So if you've got a Bible, go ahead and grab it. Uh, if you don't have one with you today, don't worry. We've got them on the screen. And I want to encourage you, grab one before you leave. We've got free ones. You take with you. Keep it. It's for free. Take it home. Uh, they're out in the lobby uh, near the coffee area, and there's a little chair uh, right outside the door that you can grab them off of before you go. We'll be looking in the book of Mark, and the book of Mark is a biography of the life of Jesus. It's actually the shortest one, so if you don't love reading a lot, uh, that'd be a great place to start just to learn about Jesus some more. And all throughout the book of Mark, we see Jesus encountering people and just, man, impacting their lives, leaving a mark on their lives. The, the truth of the matter is that Jesus has been doing that for a long time. It's been 2,000 years since the book of Mark was written, and right here in this room, 2,000 years later, there are dozens of us who could say, yeah. Jesus is still leaving a mark today. What does it mean for us to spread that to somebody else? And what does it mean for us to make the room to create space so that God can do that for us every day? And so um, let's jump in. Uh, the book of Mark starts with a little bit of background on Jesus. Uh, and it's cool. It's kind of the story before the story. Before Jesus hits the scene, we meet this guy named John, and he kind of announces the coming of Jesus. And so here we are, 2018. Let's do this. Mark chapter 1, verse 1. We're going to be in the beginning. It says, the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way, a voice of one calling out in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. So let's pause there. I've got to unpack this a little bit because we meet some people here. First, Mark mentions this guy, Isaiah. Isaiah is a prophet that lived in Old Testament times. Isaiah, basically, to kind of give you some scope, if Jesus lived 2,000 years before us, Isaiah lived 700 years before Jesus. And he was, uh, he was a prophet and a teacher and a very godly man. And God allowed him to actually speak about events of the future. 
um, which, is, which is kind of cool, kind of crazy, and I love it when you kind of get into that and study it to realize that it is some reliable stuff, 100% reliable stuff. And he prophesied about Jesus' birth. In fact, we actually talked about that at Christmas Eve. But Jesus wasn't the only person that he prophesied about. He actually prophesied about another person, and I think this is pretty cool, because, see, God had this huge plan that he wanted to roll out, and he wanted to, like, bring salvation to the world by coming to the earth in the form of a human. That's, that's who Jesus is. But he spent so much time preparing for that that he didn't want, to make, he didn't want anybody to miss it. When it hit, he wanted to make sure that it was very clear the moment is here. And so Isaiah prophesies about a man who's going to come and kind of announce that Jesus has arrived, announce that the Messiah has come. And so that's where we get into verse 2. We just looked at it. Let's look at it again. It says, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you. So this is the messenger that's going to announce that Jesus has come, who will prepare your way. And he kind of gives him kind of a, a poetic title, a voice of one calling out in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make strict paths for him. So let's learn about this person. Isaiah has prophesied about a person. Verse four tells us who it is. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance and of forgiveness of sins. That's verse four. So this person that Isaiah had prophesied had the job of saying Jesus is on his way, and we learned that his name is John. There's a couple of Johns in the Bible, so typically we call this guy John the Baptist. It's a very good title because that's what he was doing. Uh, it's also like translated literally, John the Immerser, John the Baptizer. What was happening was John was, was preaching, and he was telling people about turning their hearts back to God and that a Messiah was coming, and anyone who kind of believed what he was saying and who had repented, uh, like turned, their, turn, turned away from their sin and decided to turn to God, they were baptized. So that was kind of a sign of their change. And so that's what John had going on out, it says, at the Jordan River. And so uh, this guy is baptizing people. Um, it's a little bit different than Christian baptism, which is what Christians practice. Uh, but we're actually going to talk about that next week. We're going to get into John a little bit more as we meet Jesus next week. John becomes like a rock star. I mean, this dude, people come from miles around just to hear him speak. As someone who speaks like every single week, I can't. I can't fathom what it would be like for people. Let's look at how it describes it, verse 5. It says, the whole Judean countryside. This would be like all of New Hanover County. It's like, dude, where, where's John speaking today? Like, can I go down to the river and find this guy? They're, they're hunting, hunting him down. They're trying to find him. Um, and he becomes very popular. It says, the whole Judean countryside um, and all the people of Jerusalem, which is like the biggest city in that area, went out to see him. They're confessing their sins, and they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. The next part's pretty interesting. Look at verse six. It says, John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locust and wild honey. That's a weird detail. I think it's interesting that like of all the things we could know about John, like we don't know a lot of things about John, and this is one of the things. And there's really actually a lot we could talk about this strange like get up that he's wearing and this like diet that he has. Uh, but I wanna boil it down. I did a lot of reading on it, and I think kind of my best understanding of it is this is basically a... His, his outward expression of his lifestyle. Like there were a lot of prophets who would live a little bit eccentrically like this. And so a lot of people would compare him with those prophets as he did that. He also may have lived with a group of people who just really lived very simply. His whole life was devoted to this message that he was preaching. And so he didn't have a lot of time to go check out the deals at Old Navy. You know, he's like, look, I'm just gonna wear these clothes. I'm gonna eat these bugs. I'm gonna eat this honey because it's right here because the most important thing for me to do with my life is to preach this message. Um, and so then we finally get, it's, it's cool to hear about what he's eating and what he's wearing. But the most important thing is, what was he saying? 
And we learn that in verse 7. This was his message. After me comes one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. He's saying, look, there's someone coming after me. And I've been saying that. That's, that's John's whole message. And then he says, verse 8, I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And I just wonder, like if you're sitting here right here right now, and you're like, what exactly I thought baptism was getting wet with water. Like, what does it mean to get baptized with the Holy Spirit? I got a feeling a lot of people listening to him that day were the same way. The Holy Spirit is God's spirit. It's his, it's his presence among us. And so he's saying, look, this is just a ceremony, but there's gonna be a day when someone's gonna bring God's presence into your life, and it's this Messiah that I've been speaking about. And that's the, how the book of Mark starts, with an introduction uh, to John as he proclaims that Jesus' ministry is coming. And there's a word there, Messiah, that John mentions in his message. He says, I'm telling you, the Messiah has come. And that word Messiah is a really cool word. It means an anointed one of God or a chosen one. Um, the word Messiah is a Hebrew word. These people are kind of speaking Aramaic and Hebrew in that region, but uh, our Bibles are written in Greek, uh, and now they're written in English, most of yours. If you have your Bible in Greek, you are you're way ahead of the curve there. But when you translate that word Messiah from Hebrew into Greek, you know what the word is? Christ in English. So when Jesus is here, he's the Messiah. He's the chosen one. He's the anointed one. He is the one who God set aside and said, I have a purpose to save humanity through you. And that's how we kick off uh, the book of Mark. It's interesting because the story itself doesn't have a lot of detail. Mark does that a lot. He actually zips around from story to story. It was kind of his goal, it seems, to just get the basics across. And he just wanted to move from story to story. A lot of times Mark is called the gospel of action just because he's just constantly moving from one thing to the next. So as we look at all that, what do we do with it? How do we unpack it? Uh, I kind of wrestled with how I wanted to manage it this morning. But as we stand on a new year, there's just a piece of John's message that I want to hang on to, and we're going to pause John's story, and we'll pick up John's story next week, okay? But I want to take this idea. John's purpose was to prepare the way for Jesus to come. It says, make straight paths for him. And if you don't have any New Year's resolutions, or maybe you do uh, have one, if you don't have any New Year's resolutions, congratulations. You must be killing it. You have nothing that you need to improve upon, and we all need to sign up for your class. Um, but maybe after this, you realize there might be one thing you want to resolve to do. But I think that like this next little piece that we're about to talk about could be what guides us for this next year, not only as individuals, but as a church family. Um, and it's this, that God has plans for our life. He has something that he wants to give us daily, I believe. But sometimes we're just packed so full of junk that we just don't have room for it, like my shed and the new toolbox. And I think maybe the message that John was sharing with the people then and that John maybe is kind of sharing with us now is let's make straight paths for him. Let's make way because the king is in town and he wants to leave a mark on your life. That was John's role. John had one of the most important jobs in history, the role of proclaiming that the Messiah had come and let the world know. Um, so here's the big idea, okay? This is the lesson that I, I want us to walk away with about God uh, being able to move in our lives. And I'll just kind of give it to you in kind of a, a sentence. Uh, it'll be on the screen and you can write it down, you can think about it, and then I'll say some things about it and that'll be kind of our time together. Here's the sentence, here's the goal. We need to learn to create space for God and trust him to fill it. That's the sentence. 
We need to learn to create space for God and then trust him to fill it. I first heard this principle uh, on a podcast I listened to, a guy named Marty Solomon, uh, and I uh, totally recommend it. If you're curious, let me know, and I'll tell you what it is. Um, but uh, th- this is kind of a thing that, that he brought up and that he mentioned. And so if you're like me, maybe you can follow me on this. This is kind of a thing that, that I wrestle with a lot. I, I sometimes look at the life that God gave me, and I'm like, God, you gave me this, this life. You gave me this thing. Now I have a job. My job is to fill my life up with everything I could possibly fill it up with. And then that's what we do. That's why we go to school. That's why we get degrees. That's why we have careers. That's why we, you know, uh, have hobbies. That's why we have collections. I just, need to, I just need to fill my life because that's kind of a goal of ours. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't want to fill our lives. It's a, it's a good goal. But we pack it full, pack it full, pack it full. But there's a weakness in trying to fill our lives with all the things that just interest us. The weakness is there's a point, and all of us have hit it, and if you haven't hit it, you will. There's a point at which, as we're filling our life, we realize that there are factors in this world that are out of our control. And so you're like, this is my career. This is what I want to do. This is my uh, degree program. This is what I want to do. This is my relationship. This is what I want to do. And maybe... You worked hard to save that money, you know? You got a big old savings account, and then what happened? Your car broke down, or you needed new tires. Have you been there? Yeah, seeing some nodding heads, because then you're like, oh, I had this plan. I had a plan, but then there were factors that were out of my control. You see what I'm saying? Maybe for you, it was you got married, and, and you, you had this, this uh, spouse in mind, and you pictured it being like, oh, perfect. It's going to be great. We're going to get the white picket fence. We're going to have 2.5 kids, a dog. I've got the dog's name picked out. Uh, you know, I, I know some of you ladies, my wife was one of them. You got a journal. Like, you drew pictures. You cut out stuff out of magazines. Like, this is it. And, but then, two years into the marriage, like, something, something went sour. Like, I don't know what it was. It was like we were fighting, and maybe there was an addiction, or maybe there was, like, maybe it was something completely out of our control. Like, there was a sickness that just took a toll. See, we had these plans, but there were so many factors that were out of our control, and so we thought we would be filled, but then it's not how I pictured it. Maybe you went to school, you went to college, and you got a degree. And I'd be curious, don't raise your hand. You could if it would make you feel better. But you went to school, you got a degree, and you just can't keep a job in that field. Like I spent $50,000 doing, and now, now I, you know, I run an e-commerce business that I started completely separately, right? And that's just, because we make these plans, but then there's these factors that are out of our control, I got, a, I got a text this week from a friend of mine. His daughter was in a car accident. And uh, thank goodness the daughter is, is basically fine. Um, but she crossed a median. She hit the other car head on. And the person in the other car didn't survive the crash. It's sad. It's terrible. And he just texted me. He said, can you pray about this? Because you know what? The girl in that car, she, uh, she probably had plans for 2018. But... There are factors outside of her control. And, and my friend's daughter, like, she probably wasn't planning on dealing with the weight of everything that had just happened. She didn't really do anything wrong in the accident. Just, you know, accidents happen. And we make plans. And then there are things that are out of our control. And so what do we do? <laughs> like, what, how do we move forward? Is it that we just don't make plans? First of all, I don't think that's true. I think that God wants us to make plans. I think we have clear instructions for God wants us to have plans for our life and seek the purpose that he's given us and do those things. But there's another thing that we need to begin with, okay? And so this is just a point, a thought. We need to realize that though there are things that are outside of our control, there ain't nothing that God can't work with. He looks at our life and he goes, yeah, okay, that was a mess, okay? Let's start here. Let's pick up these pieces, you know? So like if you're in a place right now where you've already, you feel like some things are a wreck, 
Happy New Year. Because <laughs> God's like, look, I can work with that. There's nothing I can't redeem. There's nothing I can't use and move forward with. But before I can, I just need you to turn that over to me. Creating space and trust God to fill it. What we do instead sometimes, uh, instead of trusting God to fill our space, we come to God and we say, hey God, this is the plan that I have for my life. So here it is. This is yours. You can hold yours in your hand if you want to. But this is, this is the plan. And, so, and then we come and we bring it to God and we say, God, will you, will you bless this? Will you fix this? Hey God, I got this, I got this girl I've been dating and I mean, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't really pray about it or think about it really at all. But like, could you bless this relationship? Could you please do that? And we come to him with uh, this career. God, this is what, man, I, I've been, I wanted to do this since I was two years old. So I went and I did the whole thing. And someone said, you can do anything you put your mind to. And daggone it, I did. And here we are. But will you bless this? And I just wonder how often God looks for us and he's just like, well, I mean, I wish you wouldn't have done all that because that wasn't the plan I had for you. I wish that first you would have come to me and said, God, what do you want me to do with my life? What do you want me to do in terms of relationships? What does it mean for us to create space and then trust God to fill it? John said, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. And John was talking to people 2,000 years ago, but I think that he could be easily talking to us today. Uh, I think the message for me and you and for anyone who's willing to turn their hearts to God and say, I can't keep doing this on my own. I need a different way, a better way, God's way. I think to all of us, John would say, all right then, prepare the way. Prepare the way, make straight the path. Here's the greatest news. It's here, like right now. No matter where we are, no matter what our background is, always God can pick us up right here, right now, and move forward. So here's what I want us to do together this year. Let's do this. Uh, let's stop making excuses, and let's start creating space. Let's stop making excuses, and let's start creating space. What the heck does that mean, Chris? I'm gonna do my best to explain it to you, but I think that the best thing you can do is think about it for about the next 365 days, okay? We need to create space. The point is, as we're planning ahead, we need to create space and ask God to fill it uh, so, God, what do you want me to do with these talents I have? Have you ever asked that? God, what do you want me to do with this career? God, I just retired. What should I do with the time that I have left? God, I just started a career. What should I do with this time as I get going? God, I'm dating this person. What would you have us do with this relationship? You see, if you start right where you are with what you got, and you begin by creating this time, and I need to do this too. Uh, a few weeks ago, I, I just decided, like, I, I need to... I got a lot of time in my car while I drive between meetings and go to different things. And I said, you know what? I use this time in my car to listen to a lot of sports radio, ESPN radio, nonstop in my car. And I, I get to the point where I'm like, you know what? This show was exactly the same as the last one I listened to, but I'm gonna listen to it again. And, um, and I, but I realized, you know what? I needed, to, it was cluttered. It was busy. I was really concerned about whether or not the Dallas Cowboys were gonna make the playoffs. And I'm like, this is statistically, mathematically impossible, but, but what if, <laughs> you know? And I'm making all these plans. And, and I really feel like God was saying, stop. You need to create space for me. So I said, okay, I know I can create some space. Anytime I'm commuting here and there, I don't have an office space. And so my full-time job is being the pastor of the church. So I, I meet with a lot of you guys, do a lot of planning. I drive to other meetings and work with network with other pastors and, and, and nonprofits and things like that. When I'm in the car, the last several weeks, I just like, I'm, I'm turning on Christian radio. That's what I'm gonna do. God, I'm gonna create this space. I'm gonna step out of the way. I'm gonna let you fill it. And I, just, I can't tell you how much that's changed my mindset. Some of you are nodding your heads because I know you've done this before. 
you suddenly get to this place, you're like, oh, God is filling this void. And not only is he filling my time with maybe music, and I'm kind of sometimes, I just tell my wife the other day, I was like, man, it feel like they just play the same songs over and over again, and I can't handle that. Like, it drives me crazy. You know what? I can get my, iPod, uh, my, my iPhone out and plug it in and listen to different music. But there's a space in my life that I could stretch out and let God step in and trust him to fill it. What if you decided that you wanted to be more generous this year? We talk about generosity a lot. It's a big thing that Jesus uh, talks about. We say we got a generous God. Well, what if you said, you know what? For the next 10 days, if someone asks me for something, if it's within my power to give it to them, I will not say no. I would just be generous. You see how that's just creating space. You're like, I don't, I don't know what the thing is, but I know an area where I just, I feel like God is pushing me to grow. So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna kind of make a rule in my life. I'm gonna create some space. And just see where God fills that. And maybe someone comes to you and says, listen, can you help me with 20 bucks? And you're like, okay, well, I made this deal. Okay, I'll do it. But this is my last 20 bucks. Man, you'll be blown away what God will do with that space. (laughs) I've seen it in my own life. You create space. You trust God to fill it. And this year, we're going to talk a lot about spending uh, more time um, uh, just making space for God. Maybe one thing that you could do uh, once a week for, you know, this month or for a couple months most of these eat lunch every day, right? If you have a job, you probably have like a lunch break or some period of time where you ate lunch. What if you just took that short time for lunch and you said, instead, I'm just gonna read my Bible for that period of time. I'm gonna create space and I'm gonna fill it. And actually, that's called fasting. So you could actually make it like a spiritual discipline and you could actually like fast and you could say, okay, during this time, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna set it aside as a spiritual way of growing. I'm gonna create space and I'm gonna allow God to fill it. And suddenly you realize, man, this extra five minutes I'm spending in the Bible several times a week, wow, that is starting to fill my mind with the word of God and it's gonna change you. I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it in other people's life and it could be what God does for you. It's traditionally uh, what we call this time is spiritual disciplines. Uh, it's it's the, the intentional growth of our spiritual self. And so here are two big ones that, that you could consider doing. And I'm just going to kind of, for the rest of our time, list a bunch of stuff. So I see some of you writing stuff down. This would be great. Write down some ideas and see what happens for the rest of your, your year. Create time to pray. That's like a basic. That's like 101. But I realize that it's really hard to do. A lot of time I do a lot of one-on-one meeting with men for mentoring and things like that. And, and one thing I hear a lot is like, I don't know how to pray. Like, it feels weird. Like, what do I ask for? I don't feel worthy of praying. Maybe you've, I want to tell you a couple things. I said it won't be a sermon on prayer right now. We'll do one later. But there's not a right or wrong way to pray. It's a posture. It's me saying, God, I want to have a conversation with you. I recognize that you're God and I'm me. Let's talk about what's going on. And so you can do that through writing in a journal. You can do that through starting a blog. You can do that by sitting in your car and saying, okay, in my commute to work, I'm not going to listen to the radio. I'm going to just try to talk to God on the way to work. Create space for God and trust God to fill it. And as God begins to fill that void in your life that you didn't even know was there, you're going to begin to see the overflowing spring of what God does in someone's life. He makes a mark. Here's another thing. Creating time to pray is one of them. Uh, What if you created time to worship God? This is different. Like, to worship God, because God is God. And one thing that I know about him from reading through scripture is like his favorite thing is to be worshiped. What if you created time for that? I'm gonna spend some time going for a walk this week. And in that walk, I'm gonna look at nature and I'm just gonna be like, wow, God, thanks. Or I'm gonna set aside time just one time, maybe once a week or maybe just once to try it. I'm gonna write down everything I'm thankful for and give credit to God for that. Maybe it could be through worship. You go and you say, I'm going to listen to some songs that glorify God, whatever it is. But you create that space. 
and you trust God to fill it on the other side of it, I'm going to tell you, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And this could be how he moves forward. Um, there are so many different ways that we could do this. I want to do this as a church, okay? Here are a few ways we're doing this as a church. Um, on January 24th, you'll see an announcement video in a minute, and these next two things are going to be in that video, so you're going to get it twice. But uh, on January 24th, we're creating space. Calendar is a great place to create space, okay? So once a year, we meet together with whoever's willing to show up uh, with what we call our city team. Our city team is our, like, in a church setting, you think, okay, our biggest thing we do is Sunday morning. And so it's really easy to get so interfocused and only looking at what I need, what I need, what I need. And so we're like, we got kids things. We got the band. We got, you can work with the host team. But when we first began, we said, we've got to be looking out. So the city team is that goal. We partner with nonprofits. We partner with other people in the town. We say, how can we shine light in dark places? And once a year, we get together with anybody who's interested. This is an open invitation to you. We'll be at, uh, I believe it's in the announcement video. It's like 6 or 6.30 at McAllister's Deli on, on College. In the back room there, we'll sit down with a big uh, post-it notepad, and we'll look at the calendar. We'll say, hey, how are we going to serve the city this year? It's a city team. We'll look at, if you want to be a part of that, here's what I want to You don't have to have any ideas. You don't have to be like, I am Mother Teresa. I'm the best servant there ever was. You might be like, I'm the opposite of that. I'm so selfish. You should make space and do this. Just come. And don't worry about what you're going to say or what's going to happen. Just create the space and trust God to fill it. That's the 24th. Another one that you can do, I mentioned creating time to worship. Uh, Aaron, who just led worship here a minute ago, for over a year, we've been saying, you know what I wish we could do as a church family? I wish we could worship together more. Not just on Sunday morning, but like specific times just to praise God because he's God and he's great. So we keep saying that, keep saying that. And back in December, we were sitting with our staff team and we were making our calendar for 2018. And we said, let's quit saying it. Let's create space and trust God to fill it. So we said, February 21st, that's gonna be our first worship night. But the next question was, what is a worship night? And the answer we have was, I don't know. <laughs> But well, we know that's something that God is calling us as leaders of this church to do more of. And so we're going, no, will you do a favor and mark February 21st on your calendar and consider making some space to come do that with us? It's going to be, the band's going to lead us in some songs. We've got great musicians at this church. You can just be a part of that. We have some creative elements. You won't have to listen to me preach. That's not the point of the night. And we can just come and we can just worship God together, February 21st. I don't even know where it's going to be yet. So we're creating space. Um, we trust God to fill it. In March, March 16th and 17th. Guys, I want to give you a little plug for an announcement. March 16th and 17th is our third annual men's retreat. Woo, it's here. We're going to burn some wood. We're going to eat some greasy food. And, and, we, and we are not going to sit and talk about our feelings and cry together. We're going to be men. But we're going to realize that we do have feelings. And we need to recognize that God has a plan for our feelings. And so we sit down and we have such a blast, man. Uh, we've had about 20, 25 guys go every year. Guys, I know, retreats isn't like our big thing. Like our, it might not be on your agenda. Uh, I want to encourage you, create some space. Just trust God to fill it. We've got some cool dudes at this church. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's the, the information is already on the website as much as we have so far is on there. Create some space. Ladies, you guys have a retreat in the fall. Create some space. There's so many different ways that we can create space, but we've got to do it. We've got to go into that room in our life like I did in my shed, and we've got to say, I've got to carve it out. I can't think of a better way to start the year. Let's do that together, and that's going to leave a mark. Let's pray. God, thank you for this time you've given us to share together. Thank you for, thank you for our children that were able to uh, worship you with us today. Um, I pray for those teachers and, and uh, just thank you for that investment they're making in our kids. Uh, thank you for the families that are here right now. Lord, um, you know, there are people here right now who part of their New, Re New Year's resolution was like, I'm going to go to church. Lord, thank you that they just kind of followed through on that. And I pray that um, together we can just work this out. You know, we can do this together. 
Give us the space in our life, Lord. Uh, give us the motivation and the dedication to create that space. And Lord, we just trust you to fill it. It seems like such an open-ended challenge, but man, it is because you, you can bless us more than we could ever ask or imagine. We love you. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.